Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. It is well with my soul, and what a great hymn. What a, and it comes with a great backstory, as we heard already this morning about Mr. Spafford losing his family and then going to where his family perhaps have perished. And he would then be given perhaps the words of this song, maybe not so much by divine inspiration, but just in his own heart that he had that relationship with the Lord that he could say, it is well with my soul. And we enjoy that song because it gives us great comfort, especially as we know the backstory of it. But I'm also reminded of what it must have been like if you could just go back in time and here you are, Mr. Spafford, you had some business and your wife goes ahead of you and you're looking forward to seeing her again and everything seems to be going well with where he was and reconnecting with his wife. And then he gets this cable in those days that changed his life truly almost forever. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever received an email, a telephone call, a letter, or maybe even a simple text that changed your life? I have to tell you that's happened to Carol and me. I can remember the first time uh, we got this special message, the first time she had cancer. I'll never forget that as long as I live. We were traveling and we're on Richard Street heading to the post office as we went a back street to pick up the mail. And while we were there, the phone rang on our little cell phone and Carol picked it up and I could hear certain comments that she was making that was telling me this wasn't her normal doctor telephone call and said that she had cancer. And that really changed our life then and it changed it again when we got the call a second time a number of years later. And so even now, based on that, we thank the Lord that there is a a healing that we know, but it still has changed our life in many ways due to that. And that's a sad one, but I can tell you, even in that momentary sad telephone call, there was good news. Because finding out early, I believe, was one of the hallmarks of catching it so it didn't spread and go further. But on a more happier note, we might say, I can remember in April when we were here, then in May, the very beginning of May 2005, I received a telephone call. And when I did, it was... Uh, John Deacon calling from International Baptist Church in Honolulu, Hawaii, saying that the folks uh, lowered their standards and invited us to be your pastor. <laughs> and I will tell you that living in the beautiful mountains of North Georgia in a 3,000-square-foot home, looking at three states on the very literally the top of a mountain, and then coming here to this beautiful island and the Hawaiian Islands and all you dear people, it has changed our life. And so various letters and phone calls will change our life. And in many ways, it changes our life temporarily in the sense that uh, maybe with Carol, the cancer's behind us. We're here now. We're settled. We're doing ministry. But the letter that we're going to study over the next, I don't know how many weeks and months, will literally change our life for eternity. And so I'm really encouraged by the fact that when I've asked you all as a survey which book of the Bible you would like to study, the majority came back and said, We'd like to know the book of Romans. So as we enter into our study of Romans, I will tell you that I come into it with a little bit of fear and trepidation. There's, there's two reasons. One of it would be because of its length. There's 433 verses in this, and some of you will ask the question, how long of a series will these messages on the book of Romans last? And the answer is this. It's going to last, I don't know how long, actually. I have it in my heart. I preached through it before. You're different. I'm different. The timing is different. What we need is different. But the, the teaching and the doctrine 
in Romans is still the same. And so we have to kind of flesh it out where we are. Don Carson warned that if you preach in a series too long, the people really kind of get tired of it. It gets stale. So there will be times that I'll take a break from it. It might be that a situation or a problem might demand us to go to another text. We might do that. So one of my fears is, again, that it's such a a long book. It's the fourth longest book in the New Testament. One person might ask, say, well, Stan, do you want to die in this book when you're teaching it? And I guess my answer would be, if I'm going to die, what better book to be die in? The book of Romans, the Magna Carta of the Christian faith. And yet I think I'd like to preach it before I die too. Well, another reason... Uh, the length that is so uh, perplexing to me is some of the greatest Bible teachers have preached through it and they've taken a great deal of time. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, which he's got a multi-volume set on this, he preached through it 13 years and then he died and didn't even get past the 14th chapter. In fact, he had 29 sermons just on chapter 1 alone. Now, I know you're getting ready to pick up your pocketbooks and leave now, I know. But I'm not going to be that long. But that's to tell you that we probably could never plummet its depths. And it is a book that would be that long. Another interesting story would be the famous Donald Gray Barnhouse at 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. He realized the value of learning and teaching and preaching the book of Romans. That he taught it over many years. He then uh, passes away and goes to heaven. And they bring in a new preacher by the name of James Montgomery Boyce. Oddly enough, he picked up the same mantle and retaught the book of Romans to his people. Now, you might say, well, didn't they not know better? Well, you know, we all go and we develop and we learn new things. If you've been to Disney World, you can spend a week there and then go back a year later and you'll see things the second time that you didn't see the first time we all change. So that could be something that might be said as well. So I look at the length of this and it does seem to be very, very long, but it's not going to be that long for us. We're going to go as long as the Lord wants us to, so don't be afraid. So that was a little bit intimidating, the length of the book and knowing what we want to teach and you all and how long the Lord would have us be doing this. The second, though, that is even more intimidating than the length would be its depth of this book. As I was doing the study on the background, I'm just getting ready to teach this, I was profoundly impacted by not only its depth but my inadequacies really to be able to teach it as well as I would really like to, especially since there are so many contemporary outstanding Bible preachers today that you would have access to. People like Ray Pritchett, John MacArthur, Rick Warren, Donald Barnhouse, James Montgomery Boyce. All these people have dutifully fell in love with this book and then preached it and taught it in all of its accuracy as they can. And I wondered, what could I add to it that they have already added? I I don't know. But even more daunting than the contemporary preachers, I would have to say that two of the great hallmarks of our faith would be Martin Luther and John Calvin. When I open up Romans in my English Bible, I think of these two men who literally poured over its contents and went so deep into it to understand its depths and its contribution to historic Christianity that we believe. And how can I with all my imperfections and the challenges that I face even as a pastor that could do adequate justice to this. So why am I going to teach through this? In a few moments, I'm going to give you seven reasons why I believe that the Lord would have us to teach through this as well as for us to learn this book together. But I want you to know it's quite challenging as we go through this. I guess for me, I might say that it's been one of my favorite treasures of all of Scripture, the book of Romans. First of all, because... 
when I was learning the book of Romans early on, not to preach, but in my early new beginning of my Christian life, I would hear words like redemption, propitiation, sanctification, those deep words that were thrown out in the 60s for my life. And today we hardly even know, we might know the word redemption, but some of these other words we never heard of before. But it was because I had a Bible preacher that cared enough for us to know this book, but to make it crystal clear and simple that I was able to gather the, ins- the great instruction of this book and understand those great truths of redemption and propitiation, sanctification, and all those great truths. But something else added to it. It was through the study of Romans that I really received not eternal security. I already had that, but I needed a little bit more. I needed to have the assurance of my eternal security. And when I studied this and had it preached to me and we went through it, there's never been a day in my life that I've ever doubted the fact that if I was to die, I'd be absent from the body and present with the Lord because of the assurance that I received from the book of Romans. If you'll allow me for just a moment, I would like to read to you some of the men who've gone before us and what they felt about the book of Romans so that you and I would know that we are an absolute great company for such a time as this to learn the book of Romans. Again, going back to Martin Luther. Most of you might even know that he was saved by hearing someone else quote the book of Romans. But he said this once he got much further along in his understanding of faith alone principle. He said, quote, The chief part of the New Testament and the very purest gospel, which indeed deserves that a Christian not only know it word for word by heart, but deal with it daily as with daily bread for the soul. For it can never be read or considered too much or too well. And the more it is handled, the more delightful it becomes and the better it tastes. For some of us, when we start getting into the book of Romans, it's like in a new pair of shoes. You're excited because it smells new, looks new, but it kind of pinches your toes a little bit because we're kind of really opening up the book. But after we've been in it a long time, that old shoe will be one that you'll go back to again and again and again and again to rekindle those fires for the doctrine of grace and the doctrine of redemption and salvation by faith alone. Another one is John Calvin. I quoted him already before, referred to him at least. He said, When anyone gains a knowledge of this epistle, he has an entrance open to him to all the most hidden treasures of Scripture. I did teach through the book of Romans before. I mentioned that before when I pastored in upstate New York. I have those notes, but I'm not re-preaching those notes. In fact, sometimes as I look at those, I almost want to apologize to that church for the things I've learned since then, if you know what I mean. But I can tell you this, that there was a time during the teaching of it, some folks that just weren't used to this kind of teaching, expository Bible teaching. They wanted three points in a poem, a lot of stories, a lot of jokes, a lot of, you know, song and dance kind of stuff, and let's get on and get gone. Um, After a while, they were struggling with that. And I had to remind them what John Calvin said, but I put it into our contemporary illustration, and that is simply this. The book of Romans is like a diving board over a beautiful Olympic-sized swimming pool called God's Word. And most of the time, we're going to bounce up and down on the diving board, but it's that diving board that's going to spring us into all of God's Word. So we do need to park on this beautiful diving board. So with Calvin, I would agree. An English poet, not a theologian, Samuel Coleridge, said this. He said, The profoundest piece of writing in existence is the book of Romans. And that's just from a literary point of view. The noted scholar F.F. Bruce once said, There is no telling what may happen when people begin to study the epistle to the Romans. 
That's why I've titled this message today, The Letter That Can Change Your Life. Now, we're not going to get very far in this book verse by verse today, and frankly, even next week, we won't either. So let me tell you where I'm going over the next couple of weeks so that you still have time to invite your family and friends to embark on this journey with us. Today, I just want to give you more of the historicity of the book as it faces historical Christianity. Next week, we're going to take a a very high flight over the book of Romans, and I'm going to give you a study of the book of Romans like from beginning to end. So if you wanted just one message on Romans, that would be next week. And I'm calling it, May I Introduce You to the Book of Romans. The next week after that, we actually are going to launch into it and I'm going to ask the question, may I introduce you to the Apostle Paul? To me, that seems to be quite apropos because that's Educators Appreciation Sunday. So when you bring your friends that are involved in any form of education and we honor them and we've got gifts we're going to give to them, certificates, it'll be where they'll feel genuinely honored in an, in a, an environment that's safe and friendly. They're going to learn a little bit about the Apostle Paul whom they might have heard about but don't really know. And we're going to show how he revealed himself as he wrote to the Roman people, the Roman church. Let me go a little bit further now and talk about William Tyndale. Those of you who remember William Tyndale, you often say he was burned at the stake. The answer is kind of. Really what happened, he, they put him up against the stake and then they strangled him to death. And after he died through strangulation, then they wanted to desecrate his body by burning his body. And that's William Tyndale. And he's the one who's often referred to as the one who unlocked the scriptures to the English-speaking world. Now, although he translated all that into English so that we would know it, here's the cool part, how much he venerated the book of Romans in all of the translation work that he did. And here's what he says. He believed that every Christian should memorize Romans. That might be a daunting task for any one of us, but there'll be plenty of opportunities for you to pick the Himalayan mountain peak of verses in this book for you to be able to memorize. And I urge you, I encourage you to do that. Two more and then we'll move on. And one is John Chrysostom. He used to have someone read to him the book of Romans out loud twice each week. So maybe some of you could get the book of Romans in some audio fashion and maybe just listen to it while you're driving or doing what you need to do just two times a week. I know that may sound kind of crazy because you're busy doing and all this. And if you don't have too much distraction, you're doing other things, listening to it. I have such confidence in the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that it still will have an impact on your life. But that's just what he did. Here's what he said. He said, Romans is unquestionably the fullest, deepest compendium of all sacred foundation truths. I'll be repeating that in other words in a few moments. But he's basically saying all the foundational truths of Scripture can be found in the book of Romans. Not minimizing the rest, but jamming them into one particular letter. The last is maybe my favorite. You can have a favorite. This might be mine. It's the Swiss theologian, Frederick Godet, and he says this. He says, Every movement of revival in the history of the Christian church has been connected to the teachings set forth in Romans. And it is probably that every great spiritual renovation in the church will always be linked both in cause and effect, to a deeper knowledge of this book. That's why we want to study it. Again, I want to make some comments about his thought a little bit later on this morning. Hang on to that. The revival of the church at large and the local church begins in our own heart. Well, some of you might be saying, well, those are people that are long ago and they're far away. Does that have any impact upon us? 
Maybe I could tell you a true anecdotal story. There was a man sitting in church, and as the church service was beginning, a young man kind of came in and scooted next to him as he was listening to the preacher preach on the book of Romans somewhere. And when it was all done, they were getting ready to leave, and the old-timer that's been in the church wanted to appropriately greet the young man, and he said, so glad to have you here today. How long have you been a Christian? And the young man responded, ten minutes. We had some guests here a couple weeks ago that came in. You might have remembered them. You've seen them on the third floor. They were here for about nine days. And they were giving me story after story after story of people that they knew that trusted Christ as Savior just underneath the weekly preaching of Romans from the pulpit. So I want you to know it's not long ago or far away. It could be your family, friends, or neighbors that you will bring in. And we don't have a lot to offer them here, but... One thing they will hear is the Word of God. And don't marginalize them thinking, oh, they need to have feel-good messages. They need to have stuff on how to live their life today and all of that. Let God's Word do God's work, God's way, and God's timing with God's people that He will bring here. And you just bring them underneath the sound of this. And we'll see what the Lord does. They may stay. They may get saved. They may not. We don't know. But bring them underneath the sound of this teaching as it will be taught here. I think that might be very helpful. It's a very genuine way. I guess if I had some general desires, it would be that people would come to faith in Jesus Christ from this book, but they would also go on to become fully devoted worshipers of Jesus Christ, followers, of course, and worshipers, and how important that may be to all of us that we might check our own walk with the Lord. Some of you might ask, well, even though you took the survey, Stan, how how do you know that this is what we should be teaching here today? I'm going to give you my best answer. It may work for you, it may not, but it works for me. And that is because I feel such a prompting of the Holy Spirit that we should study this book for such a time as this. So I have to cast myself on some type of prompting. There's no ooh feeling. There's no voice I've heard. There's no sound of the night. There's no extra outside deal. It's just, I I just believe it's good for us to go through this. Maybe that must mean that if God's leading us or me to go through this, it may mean that he's leading you to do this as well. It's possible. So maybe you'd like to be with us on that journey as well and how special that is. Over the last few years, um, Pastor Dennis and I have been tracking people that have been coming in. It seems like more of our people have come in from three genres into our church. One has been through the radio ministry. So thank the Lord for that and for those of you that support it. Secondly, we've had people come in primarily through weddings and funerals that Pastor Dennis and I have had the opportunity to be a part of. And we're grateful for you allowing us the opportunity to speak into someone's life at a very tender time. The third has been through our military personnel, looking for a solid church in which to plant their families where that their families will be loved and they can grow in a safe place, especially should the military person have to be gone for a while, etc. And we thank the Lord for that. But that does mean this too, that when I interview some people that listen to us on the radio, they're really comparing us to other ministries that are out there. And they've come to the conclusion that they want to have solid Bible teaching. If you would interview most of the people who've joined us over the last few years, most of them are saying, we need teaching like this. That also means this, and I don't want to marginalize any of you that have come in, and I'm not speaking to any one person, but I'm just speaking as an overall shepherd over doing this a long time. It's because when you've come in, you're not only looking for this kind of teaching, but you also bring with you some false teaching. And uh, that's normal. People will have that from time to time as they're growing and learning. I'm learning. My doctrine is more clarified and 
perhaps even more correct as I grow and I learn. Now, and it's not shifting totally from one doctrine to the next, but just as you've been in this a long time. Well, because of that, if we don't teach the book of Romans, which is such a powerful book, that means we're going to let people just kind of come in and still believe what they always believed. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like we've got a lot of bugs around the light. But we want to transform those people into being lighthouses into our community. So, again, I want to teach it for that reason. In the book of Hebrews, it says this. Interesting. It says, for us to go from milk to meat, there has to be a deeper understanding and an application of, here's the term, righteousness. That whole concept and doctrine of righteousness. So to go from immaturity to maturity, it revolves around the understanding of righteousness. Out of all the books in the Bible, the book that most clearly defines biblical righteousness is the book of Romans. So if all of us want to grow from milk to meat, it's going to come through righteousness. It's going to come through an understanding and a spirit-filled application of righteousness as His righteousness comes out through us. So I want to help us to really grow. The book of Romans contains the clearest statement of the gospel in the New Testament and is a magnificent explanation of Christianity itself. So if you have people that are on the outside that have, we're, we're not talking different re- denominations now. We're talking about that are far out there in different belief systems, quote, even Christianity, even should their cult be what they call Christianity, but it's not. It's through this teaching that they will be brought together around solid what biblical Christianity is all about. So I urge you to invite your family and friends to come and be a part of this. Sounds like one big infomercial today. And maybe it is a little bit. Maybe we need to really get ramped up for a study rather than just, what do you got today, Pastor? To be really prepared for it and to be prepared for it as well. A study also is a good companion study, what I think, to the gospel of John, how rich and important that is. So if you're a pastor or you're going to be a pastor someday or a Bible teacher, let me just suggest to you that you might be encouraged to sometime in your life go through the book of Romans. So let me go through my seven reasons why I believe that it's important for us to learn the book of Romans and why we should have it impact our lives, why this letter should change our life. So here's number one. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Now, when I'm preaching the Bible... I'm going to preach the Word of God wherever I am in the Bible. So I don't want to single out Romans as the only book in the Bible. I'm just giving you some emphasis based on what other people have said through the years and the result of studying this particular book. I'm sure if we did a great background study, all the books of the Bible would have a degree of impact on a person's life. But let me go back to the Word of God here in teaching this and why I believe it's so important for me to be able to do this right now. By me going through Romans... It will protect me and thus you from me going on hobby horses and really teaching and preaching what I really like to teach about. Do you remember the old hobby horse? I don't know if some of you are old enough. Those were those little rocking horses. You'd get on this little hobby horse and you could rock. A lot of motion, but you're not going anywhere. A lot of fun while you're doing this. It's your little favorite toy that you have. But you forget there's a lot out there. And so I don't want Romans to be our hobby horse. But on the other hand, it will protect us from going into other teaching that sometimes that would be the case. Those of you that have been around Christianity long enough in preaching, you'll probably find your pastors out there that'll have their little hobby horse. It could be prophecy. It could be the inerrancy of Scripture. It seems like that's all they want to teach on. And for us, we want to learn God's Word, and it'll protect us from that and 
I believe that's quite important. It also will, in my opinion, it will keep me from only preaching to your felt needs. In other words, while I know you might come in with financial problems and you might come in with relational problems and you might come in with issues about how to just do life, I get that. I have those challenges in my life too. We all do. But really the root of that might be resolved by an accurate understanding of the foundational doctrinal teachings of the book of Romans. Now let me pause and we'll do a little sidebar here. If you think you're going to come into a seminary class each Sunday, you will not. If you're going to come into a Bible college class on Sunday, you will not. I believe in life application Bible teaching. So you will have practical day-to-day experiences from God's Word in the teaching of Romans. But for you to have the proper application, it's got to be done on the proper interpretation of the proper doctrine. So it's the Word of God, and that's why we need to preach it. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Thank you.